Hello and welcome to the Brian Hornback Experience. This is episode 85, and I've got one of our candidates that's running for countywide office August the 4th. Early voting starts July 15th and runs through the 30th with the general election on August the 4th. She is running for Knox County Commission at large seat 11. I have none other than Miss Vivian Underwood Scheidt. How are you, Vivian? Hello, my friend. I am well. I am well. It is so good to hear you. I'll tell you what, just to get us started, and I, I've told you this in person, I remember my first, well, I've been working since I was a teenager, but my first real job downtown back in about 85 or 86, I remember this great lady working at the postal desk at the downtown post office. And then in not, after I got married in 88 and I moved out to Concord in 92 with my wife and we started a family, I would wind up in the Cedar Bluff post office and there was that lady that, that was at the downtown post office back in the 80s when I was knocking on every office in downtown Knoxville and it was none other than Vivian Underwood Scheidt. And for 35 years of doing the city. <laughs> 35 years uh, working at the post office you retired there and you were you were the president of the national alliance of postal and federal employees for 25 of those 35 years yes i followed in my father's footsteps he was the first president and then when i grew up and started working there after he passed away i became uh, the president of the same union that is fantastic i, I did i actually uh, just looking at your website which i will give your website multiple times during this podcast but uh i did not I, I knew that you you know i've worked i worked for the same company for 20 24 and a half years and now i'm I'm still selling groceries, which I wasn't selling groceries in 85 and 86. I was selling printing to every every lawyer firm in downtown Knoxville back then. But um, but yeah, so it's just funny how our 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 we we came in contact with each other, and then of course, obviously, since you retired, uh, you've been uh, active. You've been well, the founding and the director of I am the voice of the voiceless. You've been a founding member of the. Faith Leaders Health Initiative. You're you're an advocate for KUB because um, back when I was covering, uh, I guess last summer, the um, uh, KUB uh, going with the um, going with internet fiber 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 internet. You were at all those meetings, uh, so you know you've uh, certainly when you retired from the postal service, boy, you you haven't. Uh, I I think you've pushed the accelerator. Uh, and, and, and you've uh, you've turned it up a notch. Yeah, my daughter, when I retired, first they took bets on me, Brian, my brother, George, and my daughter for about three years because I say I retire. So when I finally told them I was retiring in 2018, they took bets and know that she's not going to do it. So they all they still owe me that Red Lobster dinner. There you so my go. Daughter, <laughs> my daughter said, I thought you retired when I started doing up. Uh, I was doing all this stuff when I was working. I'm just like a time management master. But now I have all the time to do it. I said, well, baby girl, I, I retired from the post office. I did not retire from life. There you go. And, you know, even and we, we don't want to miss out that in 2020 and 2021, you helped. How many people did you get to help work on the census in Knoxville and Knox County? Well, we recruited about, I 
guess we were we were able to recruit and get. I don't think about we were able to get like three thousand. That's that's. Uh, I, I thought it was about three thousand. Yeah. Yes, yeah, so we pushed it and up, pushed the numbers up in like the the inner city, like one three seven nine one five, and then out in Powell, we were able to keep the numbers up by people being counted by about eight percent. Which was, wow. You know, people just don't realize when you look now and you see all of the things that's going on because people didn't get counted. That money made it makes a difference. Oh, it does. It does, and I think we're just now starting to see the. I think we're just now starting to see the ramifications of, of the undercount at this point. And here we are in, in May of 2022. But uh, just so everybody doesn't know, just so everyone understands that you're not a Johnny come lately. You're an Austin East graduate uh, at the age of 41. You earned an associate's degree at Mississippi state and a master's at Tusculum. And you're a doctorate candidate at grand Canyon university. Talk about that a little bit. Yes, you know, when I, you know, I try to tell kids all the time, you know, I'm going to, you know, they make this life plan, but you know, one of the things about life is life happens. So when I was 17, I was on track to, you know, I started uh, on track to be able to graduate early, but my mother got sick. So I mm. dropped out my junior year and, but it would be, I'll be 41 before I would go back and get that first degree. Wow. So, after that, I was on track to get, you know, the associates, the bachelor's, the master's. And so now, again, you know, I'm working on a doctorate. Now, I understand why they say that the doctoral uh, degree is a journey. I right. understand with uh, children with mental illness and then uh, different things that happen in life, you know, best friend with cancer, you know, just things that happen along the way and having to stop. You know, I understand why. And they're running for a commission and, you know, doing the COVID thing and school shut down. So I quit stressing about it a long time ago. It's like, you know, because, you know, with me being a time management person, I'm, I'm always like, I'm, I'm going to do this, this, and this. And I'm learning in life. You live every day. You know, tomorrow's not promised. And when you get that, that this little dash between your birth and your, your death, this is this is where we live. And so I'm not stressing about the doctoral degree right now because I want right. to do what I'm supposed to be doing, which is helping other people. Well, now, and let's 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 go back about four years. You actually had, you had actually considered running for a commission four years ago, but there was a little uh, federal hatch act that didn't allow you to do that, right? That's a little hiccup, and you never know how many people just watch and want to help you to make sure you do things right. Right. So, in twenty, you know, I was going to run before, and I got a call from Washington saying you cannot run. I said, "What do you mean?" He said. You are a federal employee, and the Hatch Act prohibits you from running. So I had to drop out of the race then. Wow, no, that's that's unfortunate. But hey, everything everything happens for a reason, right? But you're right. I'm, you're exactly right, Brian. Everything does happen. There's a season for everything. Well, you know? my 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 dog is deciding that he wants to act up. I guess he wants well, to. He, be, he wants know. he wants to be heard on the Vivian Shipe uh, Brian Hornback experience. Uh, so let's talk. So let's kind of talk about uh, commission. Um, you know, you um, uh, you are now the Democrat candidate uh, for county commission at large, seat 11. You've got on your website, which folks can find, it's vote for shipe That's V-O-T-E, the number four, S-H-I-P-E dot com. And we'll also give the Facebook and the Instagram at the end. But you give... Uh, you give about five things on your website. You talk about sustainability. You talk about education. You talk about mental health, which we've had a lot of conversations about mental health in our community recently. Reasonable development. Man, uh, this is being recorded on uh, Sunday, uh, May the 22nd. County Commission is going to meet tomorrow, May 23rd. And there's a, there's, there's, a big, there's a big thing going on that I've been following for the last couple of weeks out in South Knoxville where 
they're trying to cram 255 homes on on a small piece of property out there. And then you've also talked about affordable housing. So pick one of those. Uh, maybe let's just talk about education because you've been an advocate for Knox County Schools. So, and I was a school board member for four years back 20 years ago, 2000, 2004. Let's talk about county, let's talk about education for just a minute. What's your thoughts on education in Knox but County you know, and Knoxville? One of the things that makes it so important to me is it's like, Right now, I am one of those grandparents, like you're seeing all across the nation that are now back in the parenting role, raising, you know, the grandchildren or great grandchildren. So yep. I really have a real vested interest in when I see what's going on in the school system as far as education all the way across the board. And one of the problems that I have uh, and I want to, you know, with you having been on the, the board, and you have, you know, the knowledge that I don't have yet is I have never understood why, as a county commissioner, I hand you a check for $542 million. And I, it's like I give you a blank check and that you don't come back and you're not accountable to me or anybody mm. about what's going on with that money as it relates to helping every child all the way across the board. Right. You know, so, that, so that's one thing that I would like to look at is we really have got to change that. That we have got, you have got to, if I give my kids uh, some money, you know, I'm going to expect him to use it and do something responsible with it. I'm not going to expect him to keep coming back to me and say, hey, I need some more. Increase this, and I don't see any improvement. So that's one of the problems that I would like to see is that we got to think differently. We have one of the most diverse school systems in, uh, you know, the whole state of Tennessee. So that's one of the things, you know, one of the things I've been doing has been on a, a learning tour, Brian. Hmm. And so now you might have to become one of my subject experts. There, well, what I did was I'm, 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 no, I'm, I'm no expert. Let's let's just make you know, make sure everybody knows I'm no expert. They, you know, but you got some experience that right. I don't have. Right. And what I try to tell people all the time is, we started this uh, back in November. So when I got those five platforms, I sat down and I started looking at who were the uh, subject matter experts in these fields, who are the teachers or the, the bankers or the architects or the developers or the people in the mental health field or, you know, and I started, I started asking, can I have a cup of coffee with you? Can I have lunch with you? And so we started talking because as an at-large seat, I got to represent the whole county. Right. And, you know, we got education barrier right now because I got so many people coming up to me saying, I want to vote for you so bad, but I don't live in the county. Mm. And I try to explain to them at large means city or county. You That's can right. vote for me. You know, so those, uh, so that's a, a barrier that we need to, to work on. But yes, that's that education piece. I need to understand, you know, I want to, I want to be able to help all the children, you know, so that's because I'm looking at it now through the eyes of my grandchildren who are, one is getting ready to be a senior next year and one is stepping up and starting their high school years. So I need to make sure that not only my kids, my grandkids get the best possible education, but all the kids. So yeah. that's, you know what's scary about that is that when I went off the board in 2004, our budget had not quite exceeded $200 million yet. It was between wow. it was between 187 and 191, I believe. So when you when you throw out the number of 541, it, that's that's actually kind of scary. But you know, uh, my wife and I, uh, which I keep my family since 2004, I've kept my family away from the business of politics, but. You know, our kids are now 31, 27, 26. So, uh, you know, I, I totally understand what you're talking about when, you know, if you have to give your kids money, you expect a return on that. And so, you know, as, as we talk about, as we transition then to the next item, 
which is mental health. You know, we talk, uh, you being the founder, founder and director of I Am the Voice of the Voiceless, I assume mental health is part of that. Mental health consumes a lot of different things, whether that be homelessness, whether that means incarceration, whether that just means people that have to just deal with life in general. We all, at some point, have some aspect of, of well, if we're living and breathing, we have mental health, right? But, but at the same time, you know, we have individuals that don't have the proper support. The state of Tennessee, under former Governor Bill Haslam, closed Lakeshore. We don't, you know, Helen Ross McNabb is doing the very best they can. The county is doing, yeah, the county's doing what they can with the money they got. But let's talk a little bit about mental health. Let's talk about what you've seen in the community since you've been doing the uh, I Am the Voice of the Voiceless and and what you see. What what have we done good and what what do we really have to do to improve the mental health of Knoxville and Knox County going forward well you know uh, i always heard that where your heart is that's where your money is number oh. one and wherever your uh, heart is where you, that's your priority so one of the things not only as we come out of covid because i'm on the uh, mental health association board of east tennessee is that we already know number one the trauma that our children we are not going to see the results of that uh, the psychologist is saying for the for at least 10 to 12 years mm. Second thing is, there's uh, they had a lot of physical trauma because 40 we our child abuse rate went up 40 percent during COVID. Wow. Another thing is, everybody in this country, like you, I agree with you. I don't care who you are. If as we come through this, everybody needs some therapy because yeah. of all that you know, all that we've been through. Yeah. And what we're finding is, there's not enough. Number one is, you know, when you look at from the, the school part, there's not enough counselors for the schools. The second thing is there's not enough therapists, whether you got private insurance or you don't have any insurance at all. Most of these therapists, when we're talking to them, they're saying, hey, I can't take any more clients. I am as booked as I can be. And some of them are taking their children or their parents, their family to Nashville to get the help that they need because there's not enough help. So for, as it comes from the commission side, we need to pour more money into uh, mental health. We need to have the county uh, needs to use the uh, the VHUC. You know, I call it the safety center because we fought so long to get it. Yeah, I know. I know they call it the behavioral health urgent care center, but to me, it's, it's the safety center. But eighty percent of the city use the city officers use the VHUC, but only two percent of the county uses it. So wow. we need to. Uh, work together to get more of those people processed through there or we need places like the BHUC throughout the county you know so those we have got to acknowledge that number one take away the stigma of not being able to talk about mental illness that's the first thing we got to do you know so because everybody needs some help you know whether you're on your job another short staff or who you are like my son he worked up there from 9 30 in the morning to close at midnight mm. there's not enough help I mean, we just came out of Burlington coat factory that's usually open to 10 and 11. the ladies we don't have enough help i'm working as hard as i can they closing at 7 30. so like you said mental health is taking on a lot of different aspects that we need to be able to address and the first thing we got to do is we have got to fund the programs that will help the people that are here. And we have got to start pouring some money into uh, what I try to say is 
just like UT goes out and they aggressively recruit for that football team or those coaches, that's what we as a city and a county need to be doing. We need to go out here and we need to recruit those um, counselors and those therapists from other places, pay them to live, you know, to a good wage to come here so that we can have the help that we need. Right. Right. And, you know, it's, um, I mean, I'm, there's there's not much I can add to that. You're you're exactly right. So l- let's transition into affordable housing. I tell you what, I occasionally I'll pick up the um, I'll pick up the. I mean, I, I've 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 got a house. We 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 bought it several. Well, we've been paying on it for several years. But you know, I don't I don't know how my kids who are you know as I've already said are in their late twenties, early thirties. I don't I don't know how they can buy a house today in today's environment if you're a seller of a house you're going to make a lot more money than you paid for it five ten twenty years ago but how do you go buy something when when all the houses are in the 300 400 500 thousand dollar range and then when i look at apartment guides apartments are renting for 1500 to two thousand dollars that's more than most house payments so let's talk about affordable housing uh, and then after affordable housing, we'll, we'll kind of talk about responsible development. But, but you know, the funny thing about it is I know that over off of um, Hollywood, over in the Pond Gap community, they built some apartments over there that they got the TIF and it was supposed to be affordable housing. But I've been told, and I could be wrong, I've been wrong once or twice in my life, that that they only they only allocated like four or five of those apartments to be quote affordable housing. Uh, so let's talk about. I mean, first of all, we have a we, we we've heard the board of realtors talk about the fact that we have a housing crisis, right? But but really, what we have, and I think the Gatlinburg fire really demonstrated it. You have a lot of people in Gatlinburg that are the they're, they're the folks that work. In, in those in those tourist businesses, but they're, but they're living homeless or they're living in they're living in campsites, but they're not able to afford a place to live near Gatlinburg. So let's bring that home to Knoxville. So let's talk about affordable housing. Yes, and see, you you hit the nail on the head when you was talking about the working person, the working man that goes out and works in your restaurant so that you can come out and you can go have dinner. The working person that goes in there and cleans the floor, you know, whatever they're doing, that that blue collar worker that works, they don't have a place to live. It's called, I know a lot of work, you know, that term working homeless. Right. You know, you, you see such an increase of the numbers that are living in the extended stay hotels and motels because there's no place to live. I had um, a lady who told me, she said, I have a home. She said, me and my husband done well over our life. She said, but I don't know how my children are going to have the same standard mm. of life that we do. Right. She said, we can't even sell our home yeah. and move somewhere where we can afford to live and, and, and not have to pay exorbitant prices. There's a young lady out here. Well, I say young lady because, you know, she's an older lady, but she's not 120. But <laughs> she says, I have lived in West Knoxville about 25 years. She said, now I'm on fixed housing and they raised my rent. She was upset because she was trying to find a place to go. Mm. She says, paid $1,100 for years, but next month I got to pay $1,700. Wow. You know, how do you jump a $500 increase for some people who are on fixed incomes? How do you do that? Number one, morally and ethically, how do you do that? 
you know, I understand that everybody and their mama want to move here to right, Knoxville, right. You know, everybody's moving here, Philadelphia, California, everybody's coming in here. And I'm going like, I want the job that they got, that they can come in here and pay fifteen, sixteen hundred dollars a month. You know, so we've got to we gotta take care of our people. We've got to find ways. I know, like you said, the realtors, you know, I talked to a gentleman, he said, you know, we stopped building. We're 10 years behind in our building. We have 1,700 units that were not built in the last decade. So now we got to play catch up, but now we're stuck with the fact that, hey, now the lumber's up, there's no concrete, you know, we don't have enough workers, you know, so now we're, you know, now we're a double-edged sword. So we're, we're looking at affordable housing. We have got to find a way. Number one, you can't have the services that you, if you can afford all the different services and everything, you cannot have that if you don't take care of the people who are going to give you the service. Right. And not. So we have got to find a way to stop, uh, stop, uh, um, what am I trying to say? Stop courting the people that to move here to Knoxville and Knox County and take care of the people who are here. We have got to do that. We got to figure out a way to do both. Right. Well, and you know, that, that then, that then goes into this responsible development, you know, uh, a lot of people uh, didn't expect your opponent, and I'm not going to mention her name because this is your 30 minutes. Um, they didn't expect your opponent to win the Republican nominee nomination because she did, because she wasn't supported by uh, all the uh, businesses and, and the developer types uh, that supported her opponent. But what we find is that these people who talk about the fact that we have this housing shortage at the same time, during that primary, uh, we find out that there's been 4,000 housing uh, lots approved in just the heart, just in the Hardin Valley community. So what, you know, and, and again, I'm going to come back because until tomorrow night, May 23rd, when the county commission decides what they're, whatever they're going to do on Thunder Mountain versus Dry Hollow community out there in South Knoxville, Whatever they decide to do out there, I'm going to continue to harp on it. And the fact that, you know, we can't keep throwing 255 houses on 80 acres of land. It just can't happen. Yes, the land has to be able to sustain. You know, when we're talking about um, a connection between, you know, man and Mother Earth, and you got to look at your wastewater, you're looking at your building stuff, and you're, you're, you're throwing this stuff up at as, at a breakneck speed, and, and you, you can't do that. You've got to really start thinking about, you know, it's kind of, we got to get away from profit. I know some people are going to, they're making millions and millions and millions and millions of dollars, but, you know, you're overdeveloping one area, you're destroying uh, land. Let's look at, why can't we go out to other areas? Why does everything have to be developing in that one spot? And why are we allowing them to put that much uh, building in that small of an area we we've got to have more say so over the spaces that we are controlling you know what i'm saying right absolutely wow we're we're almost 25 minutes in we could probably oh. t- we, we could probably talk for two hours like but, talking to you. But, but but uh <laughs> i do want to remind folks that a you can you can find vivian shipe on the on the internet at vote for shipe that's v-o-t-e the number four shipe s-h-i-p-e dot com you can find her on facebook at the same place vote for shipe using the number four on facebook and you can also find her on instagram at the same way vote for shipe uh on instagram 
you know, I just want to give you a few minutes to say uh, what you want to say to the folks that that listen uh, to the Brian Hornback experience. Um, I have this on YouTube. I have this on my podcast stream, which is on Anchor FM. Uh, and then I also post it on my website, brianhornback.com. Uh, so I'm trying, I'm trying, there's a lot of Brian Hornbacks in the world, by the way, I found out, oh, but, there's but, only one you, but there's only one me and I'm trying to dominate every Brian Hornback that I can in the universe. Uh, but, uh, I just want to give you a few minutes and let's just talk about, uh, what's going to happen, uh, in the month of June and July, you and your team. And I know you've got a team. Because uh, in order to get to you, I had to get through your team to get to you. So that's <laughs> that's phenomenal. Uh, you and your team are going to do for the next couple of months in preparation for this campaign. And then what's it look like after August 4th uh, when Vivian Scheip is the county commissioner at large seat 11? you for the opportunity to use your platform to get uh, the word out about Team Shy. Because when we started developing this thing, people said, why do you choose purple? I said, because hmm. the only way you can get purple is you got to mix red and blue. Wow, and that's awesome. Are, that's the only way you can make purple. You have to mix red and blue. And what we are running is a human campaign. You will never hear us say nothing negative because we are trying to help the people. We don't have time for a lot of nonsense. So what we're doing for June and July, you'll start seeing us we'll, we'll Welcome us into your forum. We've asked people to invite us into their home or their organization. Uh, we're going on a listening tour again. I like to sit down and I've been in people's backyards. Just let me sit down and let me hear what you need. Because see, I feel like to, once you get on a county commission, you can't just do something without knowing what the people need. And you got to go all over so you can understand the needs of all the different areas. And then uh, once I get on commission, because I'm too, I am calling it down here into the manifestation, is that I will always have that cabinet. Those people have said they will agree uh, to continue to meet with me, listen to me, tell me what's going on in their area. So when there, some issue comes up, like, you know, the development, 255 houses in one little spot, mm. I will have a good understanding and an educated understanding what the people want, what the, the uh, what are the, are the effects on the land or the education, whatever the issue is, I can make a well-rounded decision. And I always want to be the voice for the people like I've been for the last 50 years. So that's what we're going to do. We're going to listen to people. If people will come out and vote, we can win. Well, Vivian, I appreciate you being on the Brian Hornback experience again, folks go to vote for the number four Shipe S H I P E. That's vote V O T E. The number four, Shipe, S-H-I-P-E dot com. You can find it on Facebook and Instagram in the same place. Again, Vivian, I know because I'm out and about, you're out and about. I know that we're going to see each other around and about for the next couple of months. And I wish you well. I um, I do appreciate you being on the Brian Hornback experience. And uh, let your team know that any press releases or information I need, uh, you send it to me. And I'll get it on brianhornback.com. And uh, I just appreciate you being a friend. I appreciate you always having a smile on your face and always being uh, Vivian Underwood Shipe. Bless you. Thank you, Brian. Thank you, darling. See you, bye.